The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Getting you instant reaction to the Denver Broncos loss 23-20 to the L.A. Rams at home as the Broncos lose their fourth game in the row. Uh, Very much... uh, Well, it opens up wounds from last year as the Broncos seem to be once again on a run that they just cannot, well, they just can't slide. They just can't snap out of it. And it certainly, it is not a positive run as the Broncos have lost four in a row now. And uh, I'll tell you about why the Broncos lost instant reaction from you on Twitter, and of course the good, bad, and the ugly. But first our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap. 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Highly encourage you to go check it out. Tap 14 on the web. Tap 14. Spell out the word 14 for me. Tap14.com That's tap14.com Now the Broncos of course they lose 23-20 in a game that it, it it's funny because Denver was down by 10 for a majority of this game and and it swayed back and forth for a while but it just seemed like Denver was down by far more than that now they make a little well they make a, a little bit of a late rally I guess you could say towards the end of the game but of course was not enough Case Keenum I guess you could argue played the best game of his Broncos career so far uh, don't know really how much that says about the Broncos and Case Keenum so far as it's been a rocky relationship to start but he did throw two touchdown passes now he did have the one bad interception uh, the throw to, to Brian Parker into double coverage that was just inexcusable uh, but Case Keenum finishes 25 for 41 for 322 yards and a, a lot of that of course they were throwing because they were from behind as the uh, LA Rams in that running game just and, and I'll get into this because uh, speaking with Chris Harris Jr. and and uh, Will Parks and some of those guys in the locker room post game as we do instant reaction, a lot of those guys talked about that being the game plan is we weren't going to get beat by the pass. We weren't going to allow them to just absolutely pick us apart. Well, the problem is, is when you take away from something to give to play defense on the passing side, you're taking away from the running defense. And, well, that's what exactly L.A. did. They ran to the tune of 39 carries for 270 yards. That's good enough for a 6.9 average. And Todd Gurley, his first career 200-yard game, 208 yards. I tweeted it out uh, earlier in the game when he had about 60 yards. I was like, boy, if they keep running it like this, if I know the play calling, this is going to be a long day for Denver because this could very well be a 200-yard game, and it turns out it was. Gurley also rushed, of course, for two touchdowns as well, too. And the, I tell you what, L.A. was effective through the air. They were at least fairly effective. Uh, Jared Goff throws for 201. Uh, and and had some timely moments, particularly early. Of course, Brandon Cooks got involved early with the 44-yard reception, and certainly uh, they they did enough to control the clock, control the game for very much the entirety of that ball game. So uh, the Broncos they fall to two and four. Getting your instant reaction on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at 
Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio, on Twitter. Jeffrey Marlowe, Rumless Redux on Twitter, says, Bradley Chubb impressed me. The secondary came alive a bit. The entire run D is dead. Keenum needs to go. Fire Vance and Joe. Boy. Uh, so Jeffrey starts very positive, and I'll hit on the positive really quick because I look. This is is it's very difficult to try to, and I don't sugarcoat anything. But I also don't want a podcast that just harps on the negatives and and goes blah 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 negative this negative that. I will say this: very impressive game, very impressive game from Bradley Chubb, who really finally flashed those those skills and. Really, why the Denver Broncos selected him as high as they did number five overall as he finishes with three sacks on the day. And uh, I tell you what, against a good offensive line, too. He was working against Andrew Whitworth for a majority of the game. And Whitworth, of course, that free agent signing by the Rams, a very good left tackle. And certainly Chubb was effective. In fact, in one of those sacks was even held and yet still got to golf. So certainly a very impressive game from Chubb as Jeffrey does state, but, well, uh, the secondary coming alive, look, I, I think that has more to do with, again, that game plan is that we won't get beat by the pass and we're going to Fargo the run, and, and that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that here in the podcast. The entire run D being dead, I would agree, but I will also say this. It was Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley does that to NFL defenses. Keenum needs to go, and look, we're going to get into Case Keenum because this is a... This is this was a game, and I mentioned earlier in the podcast that it was his best performance as a a Bronco. I I wanna I wanna make sure that that is known that that's that doesn't mean a ton. It really doesn't because the fact of the matter is that Denver lost and Denver really was in catch up mode because of the inabilities of Case Keenum for a majority of the game, the inability to move the football and and certainly execute against a uh, Rams defense. That, look, it's a good Rams defense, but they were missing pieces, particularly in that secondary, of course, as former Bronco and, and friend Akeem Tlaib not playing in the game. Uh, Certainly not a full-strength Rams defense, and yet Case Keenum looked like early he was just struggling to get any sort of foundation going. There were Chad Kelly chants. There were Boo Birds. I mean, it was just... Uh, it, it was the whole nine yards and then some, and, and so certainly uh, lots of work to do on the offensive side. Kevin Draco on Twitter says Vaughn played better. I do agree Vaughn Miller, of course, was effective in that game, and look... Uh, it, it's difficult because it, it's not so much to the realm where we're criticizing Von Miller and what he has been doing over the past couple weeks because he hasn't been showing up on the stat sheet. But look, uh, and I particularly point to that Kansas City game where Von Miller is just chasing Patrick Mahomes around everywhere. So look, I understand he isn't on the stat sheet all the time. But he is certainly making his presence felt, and he's also sucking up double teams, which is a big deal as well, too. So certainly, look, it's not always going to show up on the stat sheet, but Von Miller has been playing well, but it is nice to see him finally actually land on that stat sheet, collecting a sack and a half. So certainly, obviously, positives there. Uh, on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, Nero and a fiddle says, impressed by Todd Gurley. Didn't impress coaching on the Broncos side. Hashtag Fire Vance Joseph. Look, I I will say this, and and I and I let's get into Vance Joseph. 
I, I pointed to the two two potential weeks where you could move on from Vance Joseph if you wanted to, and if it the season validated it, and and he just didn't look like he was working out as head coach. Because look, I, I, and, and I will, I'm the first one to say I thought Vance Joseph should we should have the the Broncos should have moved on from Vance Joseph in the offseason. They decided to give him a second chance. I am all for second chances, but it just doesn't look like it's working. He still looks like a deer in the headlights, to use uh, John Elway's term. He still looks like he's drinking from a fire hose. And whatever coaching he is doing with his coaches, a la Joe Woods, uh, particularly Joe Woods on the defensive side, because Vance Joseph is a defensive-minded head coach, it's not working. It's not working. And it's time to make the ch- Well, I will say this. The, the time to make the change, the decision to make the change, that decision, I believe, is already made. Uh, certainly now it is a timing thing because a you don't want to move on too quickly because who's going to be your interim and for how long and b on that side of things uh is the timing right you're not going to move on from a head coach now because well you have a short week thursday being a road trip to arizona and that was the first day that i pointed to in the preseason and said this could be the day that friday could be the day where the Denver Broncos look at moving on from Vance Joseph. So certainly that's going to be highlighted as a potential day if they end up losing, particularly against a quarterback that the Denver Broncos passed on. Now, uh, the second day being the bye week, and this has everything to do potentially with a uh, interim idea of throwing maybe Gary Kubiak into the mix. Now, of course, Kubiak's health situation plays a part. Um, and there's a lot of things that factor into this, but I do think, look, if they lose against Arizona, this is a coaching for your job type situation. And if they cannot come through or at least look better, this is a Denver team that could be moving on from their head coach if they lose on Thursday night. Nick Valdez, 25, uh, excuse me, Vasquez says, needs to get revamped losing the locker room and losing fans cannot have our fans turning on our team I do want to point this out in the game the Denver Broncos uh of course they announced the fan attendance and everything like that I think it was something in the realm of 66,000 there were 9,000 no-shows 9,000 plus no-shows if you don't think that's a big deal it is In fact, I would almost go to the realm of the biggest number standing out today as we finish up the game against the Rams that is a negative against fans. That's it. It's the 9,000 no-shows. And look, I understand the weather played a part of it as well too, but 9,000 is really showing you that what Vance Joseph is doing and, and the team that is being put out in front of the fans is now affecting the bottom line. And that's another discussion. And that's certainly going to look, uh, that's going to make or, or at least force the Denver Broncos front office hand when it comes to making a decision on Vance Joseph, because look, if you're affecting the bot, if you're, if you're a, a bad football team, that's one thing, but when it's affecting the bottom line, now we look at potentially it's time for a change. Tony, uh, Colorado Sports Bar on Twitter. Tony Three Bags, a uh, Tony Walters reference. Look at that. Uh, saying, not impressed by the taunting from Emmanuel Sanders 
anyone when you're two and three and you just lost to the Jets. Taunting is laughable. I'm going to agree with you. And I will say this. I spoke with Emmanuel Sanders post game in the locker room. He did say very much on him, talked about how the, you know, he felt, and, and I will say this, he did say he felt the NFL was getting soft. He felt it was just friendly competition. It was very much an I gotcha moment when he was pointing at the opponent. They were kind of jawing at each other and going at each other. It was, look, it was two athletes competing, and that's why I think Emmanuel was was very frustrated with the flag. But it is one of those situations that you just can't put yourself in, particularly because now you back the team up because you didn't get the touchdown and you don't score. That's four points that it could have been the difference maker in that football game. So, you know, against a good team like the L.A. Rams, you just can't do that. You cannot have situations that you're putting yourself in, and and look, that can be reflected on the head coach. We could go to the root of this and say, look, if you have a stronger leadership or a stronger voice where the coach is keeping these guys in line, maybe that doesn't happen. Now, you know, it's it's it was a player action at its root, but you could look at a deeper problem there in obviously pointing the finger at Vance Joseph. Uh, Mar- March Ocking, that's a very weird name. Marchocking, Marchocking, uh, Marchocking on Twitter says Vaughn and Chubb had their best game all year. Uh, obviously agree with Bradley Chubb. I mean, three sacks this year. I, I will say this: I think Vaughn Miller against it was uh, what was it? It was it was the Oakland game, was it? Uh, where he just absolutely mauled Derek or something like that. I, I, they were effective. And that's all you can ask for. They were very, very effective. Bradley Chubb was getting to the quarterback. Von Miller was getting to the quarterback. And that's all you can ask for when it comes to that tantum. Doug Trable, 5Trabe5 on Twitter says, The team is 2-4 and in the standings. Nothing has changed. The team is too talented for this type of result. Douglas, I'm going to agree with you because this is a talented team. This is a team that, on paper, when you look at the offense, you're talking about Phillip Lindsay. Royce Freeman, who have been stellar early when it comes to that run game. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, those are those are very quality weapons. And look, they have some guys on the offensive line that can be effective. I mean, Connor McGovern has been a very good run option. Uh, Ron Leary has been a very good left guard, although I'll update you on Ron Leary's situation here moving forward because it does appear... They ain't going to have Ron Leary for very much long, and, and potentially, who knows, this could be a long, long-term situation for Leary as uh, he went down with an Achilles injury. I'll get you that here in just a little bit. But continuing on with your reaction on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, it's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, just a tremendous place to go eat Tap 14 on the web, tap14.com. Uh, Rudolph Powell says, Todd Gurley, that's who impressed him. Yeah, Todd Gurley's a beast. Although you kind of knew that going into the game anyways. I mean, you know, are we really surprised that he put up 200-plus uh, yards? Jeremy on Twitter says, Keenum has to go. I, I, you know, look, here's the thing. If you put Case Keenum uh, in a situation where you're benching him with Chad Kelly... He's going to understand, but what is really Chad Kelly giving you? I mean, is, 
Look, and I tell you what, I, I know everybody wants to talk about how the backup quarterback is the most popular guy uh, when it comes to uh, a franchise that doesn't have the franchise quarterback. Everybody wants to call for the backup, particularly when he's a young, unknown, kind of sexy option. He's got a lot of swagger and moxie and all this stuff. I get it. I just I just don't see how you can make a change on a short week. You're almost kind of throwing Chad Kelly under the bus here because that's a, a Kansas City team that he's going to have to put up 30-35 against. That to even run with a Patrick Mahomes-led offense, um, you know, and and that's in the event where they want to make a switch a little bit later down the line. They are not going to make an immediate switch. They're not going to make a switch for an Arizona team, and they're certainly not going to make the switch, uh, you know, a pull of the trigger Monday morning, Chad's our guy now. No, Case Keenum is still the guy. Uh, Keenum can play better than what he's been doing, but certainly Keenum is... You can make an argument, not the top three as far as problems on this team. There are much bigger problems when it comes to the Denver Broncos. So I, I would say hold out on Keenum, but certainly he has not played well. I'm not trying to defend him by any means, but there are bigger fish to fry when it comes to this team, and certainly uh, one of those is the defense that is just not good. Uh, Tory Johnson says... Uh, he is impressed by the fact that at least they competed with the best team in the NFL. You can make that argument. Because remember, this is, uh, we go back to everybody's prediction. What was it? 40 to 13. 37 to 20. Denver's going to get blown out by 20 points. Hey, the, the Broncos covered. Broncos covered. I think that number was seven. So, and and again, it was one of those games where, for three quarters of the day, we're 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 looking and we're saying, "Oh my God, Denver's just getting absolutely torched," and yet they're only down ten points. They're only down ten points, and then all of a sudden the offense clicks. And then look, it's a matter of it's a little too late. But that was a team that did they didn't get embarrassed and they didn't get blown out. And so, uh, look, there are no such thing as moral victories in in the NFL, in my opinion. But if you want to look at some positives and rosy cherry things, I guess fine. Go ahead. Go ahead and look at that. Uh, Randy Wilson says, Emmanuel Sanders killed us with his mouth. Um, look, it's hard to disagree. The taunting is a uh, – I think it was a ticky-tack flag, but you can't put yourself in that position. You just can't. Uh, Rockies AB, we got a Rockies fan in here, even though the Rockies season is done, says, uh, didn't impress me at all. Keenum, Bradley Roby. We talked about Keenum. Let's talk about Roby. Uh, look, I I have talked about this on previous podcasts. I just I I just don't see it with Bradley Roby. I just don't see the. Uh, I I don't see anything special. I see a little bit of one trick pony. I see a little bit of average corner play at the number two corner position, and really, ideally, needs to be a three. He is certainly not a one, and I'm not really sure he can give you quality to play in today's NFL 
when teams are trotting out really excellent weapons. I mean, you could argue Brandon Cooks is really number two or Cooper Cup's one. I mean, they, they just got weapons everywhere. And, and Bradley Roby, he, he, he held his own on some plays, which was a nice positive. I mean, he didn't get absolutely toasted on deep, deep passes that absolutely killed the Broncos, but certainly he did not play as great as he could have been. And really that whole secondary was... Uh, there were ups and downs, there were ups and downs, and certainly Bradley Roby has been on kind of this run that was just, you know, meh to bad at best. Uh, Diamond Rattler says, Chubb, Roby, DT, and Sanders, everyone else was meh. Uh, Don't know, I will say this. Um, Everyone else being meh, uh, I, I thought that Broncos defense was, for times, they weren't looking as bad as many talked about on Twitter. And, and allow me to elaborate and allow me to explain. Don't freak out or start tweeting me all this crazy stuff. Look, I know Todd Gurley ran for 200 yards. I get it. It's also Todd Gurley. This is a guy who's going to run for a buck 25, buck 50 anyways. And this is a guy who just has a nose for the end zone. He is going to get two touchdowns. I mean, this is why he is the consensus number one offensive weapon, period, in the NFL. I mean, he is that good. So I'm not, I'm honestly not super shocked at 200 yards. I'm really not. Like I said, I tweeted it out uh, in the first quarter. I'm not surprised to see Todd Gurley have this kind of success. It's, it's, it's the back-breaking third downs that you just got to get off the field in those kind of situations. It is those early deep shots that you got to make sure that you contain. Uh, but you know what? For the most part, Denver's defense held a explosive offense to 23 points. And that is saying something. 23 points is what they held the Rams to. And you know what? That is one of those things where you may need to win those kind of games on offense because uh, your defense gave you an opportunity against one of the most elite offenses in the league next to Kansas City's, and you shut them down. I I don't want to say you shut them down. You contained them. You contained the L.A. Rams, and that's a major plus. That's a major plus. Uh, let's go over some of the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, Adam Graves on Twitter says the good being Brandon McManus. Uh, sure. <laughs> if you want to call that a good, I'll take it. Fine. Um, bad offensive play calling and execution. The ugly goes to the defense. Uh, let's talk about the play calling a little bit. As Case Keenum postgame when we chatted with him, definitely was uh, he praised Bill Musgrave. I will say this, very much a read, you know, between the lines. He's got to say that. I mean, he's a, he's not going to throw his offensive coordinator under the bus. I mean, that's just not what's going to happen. So I thought the play calling, it could have been better. There were some interesting um, lack of plays, I think. You know, because, look, everybody's going to point at the run totals and the imbalance. Look, Denver was behind for quite some time in this game, so I can understand leaning more to the pass. I think it was the kind of throws, you know, the 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 short screen passes were working early and yet they abandoned it after the first couple drives. There were also situations in that game where, you know, Denver could have took a deep shot to Cortland Sutton which just seems to work all the time and yet 
uh, they seem to not want to do this. I, I don't know why. You get a single high safety and you have an opportunity to take a deep shot with Cortland Sutton, who is just a, a specimen, a beast physically, and yet it's not what they call. It's not what they do, particularly in some of those second and shorts. It's just a little frustrating, so certainly the play calling does need work. Uh, Von Miller talked about more, It's on at least on defense, and it's more of the execution than the concepts or the play calling. Certainly uh, all three phases are to blame. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. And of course, also our friends at Pro Football Focus as well, too. That's Pod 20, Pod 20 for 20% off your subscription. Elite or Edge memberships, Pod 20 for 20% off your subscription. 303 fans says the good in Philip Lindsay, the bad in Keenum's pocket and game awareness, and the ugly in Garrett Bowles and his holds. Oh, boy. This offense, this offensive line, this offensive line is in trouble. This offensive line is, uh, they are going to lose, well, first of all, obviously, they're der- they're dealing with Jared Veltier, who we'll see if he plays Thursday. Uh, there is fear that the Broncos left guard Ron Leary has torn his Achilles. Uh, he was uh, limping around, and of course, that uh, many individuals reported that. Nikki Javala, uh, particularly the one uh, I am citing right here, if confirmed after further testing, obviously a major loss on the line that is without Jared Valdir. And this is a team that is dealing with a Garrett Bowles problem. And this Garrett Bowles problem is getting worse and worse, it seems, by the week. It is a footwork problem. It is a fundamental problem. And I just, I, it's, it's, it's hard to not point at the coaching staff, and it's hard not to point at Garrett Bowles himself. He's just got to improve more, and and it just seems like it's all a footwork thing. And and Garrett Bowles, he, it kind of gets into his head. I think early in the games when he's called for these flags, and it kind of affects him as the game goes on. And look, this is just something that he can, he has to shake this off. And um, you know, you cannot be in these situations where you are constantly holding. It is just killing the offense. Absolutely killing the offense. And um, Garibald is a problem. This is a problem for Denver. This is an offensive line now. That all of a sudden is a problem because if Ron Leary's Achilles is torn, and I will say this, that could be a career-ending injury. I mean, Ron Leary is not a spring chicken. This is a guy who is getting up in age, and if this is indeed a torn Achilles, as it is reported by many, he was, of course, carted off. This is a guy who's going to be 30 years old next year. And uh, coming towards the twilight of his career, uh, that is a huge loss for Denver. Huge loss that is just going to devastate this Broncos offensive line as they look for just stop gaps everywhere, whether it's... And look, I will say this, Denver also, uh, when it comes to the offensive line, I mean, why were they dealing with some of these changes when it comes to Max Garcia moving around and Connor McGovern being benched and then McGovern coming back, even though, uh, as I've said on this podcast and pro football focus numbers backing it up, he's been one of the better offensive lines, uh, offensive linemen for the Denver Broncos this year. So it's just, uh, just so frustrating. Um, 
to to, to kind of wrap it up here is uh, we're approaching thirty minutes here. I, I just I think I'm ranting at this point. Uh, you all know the problems. You all know the problems that I've been talking about. They're just not remedied, and it starts with the coaching staff. It starts with the coaching staff, and particularly the head coach. And look, I, I again, I've said this before. I am all for second chance. I hate talking about this. I hate talking about a guy losing his job, okay? Because, look, in the end, this is a guy losing his job, but yet it is time. This is the way this industry works, it is not the same kind of industry as your uh, a white-collar, blue-collar jobs. Uh, this is a guy who is... His feet are held to the fire. Now, I think timing is going to save him for a couple more weeks, whether it be after the the Arizona game or maybe after the bye week. But it is... uh I, I, I'm in firm belief. I have no inside sources on this. This is just in my gut feeling. I think their decision has made, has been made. I think they want to move on from him, and it's just time to, to get to a point to where the, the timing is now right. And the timing would be right after Arizona. If they lose to the Cardinals, you move on from him. You have a long week with the new head coach, and maybe uh, against Kansas City you have this newfound life because it's just not working. It's just not working under Vance Joseph. Uh, I know we're beating a dead horse here and nobody is surprised. I'm not surprised, but look, they wanted to give him a second chance and they threw this season away because of it. So that's the Broncos Blitz podcast. I appreciate you listening. And of course, always interacting on Twitter at Ronnie K radio. That's at Ronnie K radio. Um, 9,000 no shows. That's a big deal. We'll see if fans lives through it. Of course, it's a Broncos Blitz podcast. That is a daily podcast. So I'll have our podcast tomorrow, but a little bit of bonus material, instant reaction to the Denver Broncos loss. They lose 23-20 to the, well, the undefeated L.A. Rams. They may be the only undefeated team as Kansas City currently losing against the uh, Patriots after this week. So Denver, four in a row. It's not looking good, but you know what is good? You following me. I love it when you follow me. At Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. Oh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, and it's only going to get more interesting as this Denver Broncos season continues to play out. So follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Hey, stay rosy. Stay cheery, Broncos fans. There's only a couple more weeks of this before the bye week, and maybe it'll be all over when it comes to the Vance Joseph era because certainly this is just not working. This is just not working. At Mile High Sports is where you can find us on Twitter. As far as Mile High Sports, that's where you can find my written work. MileHighSports.com, that's MileHighSports.com. I thank you so much for making this Broncos Blitz podcast such a success. Of course, now a daily podcast because of you. It's because of you and your responses and you demanding you don't. You want your Broncos content. I get it. I'm going to get it to you. I will get it to you. And I will get it to you at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com where you can find a complete archive of the Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. <laughs>